you say in Game India's boy. hiring process? What did you say? I said indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed's firing process. You, yeah, I was talking about how <laughs> India hires people, the country. I was just saying, I, they're doing wonderful things down there. I, the India, to me, is kind of like the Hufflepuff of the world. Uh, I, dare, I dare you to land this plane. <laughs> they, they really, they, they're, they're at the school, but they stay out of the drama. And you know what? Maybe they're never in the main spotlight, but they don't want, they don't want to be, okay? Because it, they're, they're about having a good time. Oh, uh, you know what? And I'll give you, I'll even give you one more beat for free that, uh, the sort of war for Indian independence and the dislodging of the British state was kind of their Cedric Diggory moment where they had one, they had one big famous one, one heartthrob. Yeah. Who popped up for a second and then they faded back into the background of geopolitics. Obviously <laughs> like, you know, the partition and the, the suffering of Muslim people and, you know, the Kashmir stuff also matters, but that was also, that was what Beyonce's, Beyonce's partition was about that. Anyways, uh, Lux, I can't believe I'm saying this, but for the first time, you are too loud. Whoa, no way. Yeah, yeah. I see your 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 lines are... They're, they're off they're the chart. Hitting, they're flying off the charts. They're flying off the shelves. I turned my game down a little bit. How's that? That's much better. That's a strong, healthy waveform. Uh, hey, uh, Rory, how's your waveform? I don't know. I, I it, can't really it looks tell. Good. No, okay. it's shrimpy. Could, I'll okay. say it's it's a um, shrimpy catch. Hello, hello, hello. Ooh. Now your form is thick. Yeah, no, I was just trying to see if maybe I could raise the volume because I don't want to just be directly in front of the microphone the whole time. That's just for, for aesthetic or spiritual reasons or? Uh, well, for one, I would have to be hunched over like this. Sure. To uh, spinal I reasons. I feel like that's, yeah, that's going to also affect the social flow of, of the show if you move a little closer that's great but if you can't you can also hold it in your hand that's what i'm doing uh, lux holds his in his hand sometimes sometimes i have my stack of books but not today and i'm using a, a podcasting arm that a, a twitch chatter bought me whoa shouts out to them what about now oh, that's, Ooh, that's, that's very good. loud yeah, yeah. if you fall I, back I a little bit about, you'll sound good yeah i forgot about the the gain uh, mm, knob. Yeah, now those waveforms look good, full. They're nutso now. They're oh. they're going absolutely sicko mode. <laughs> um, so if anyone hasn't noticed, we have a guest, and it's Rory. <laughs> Um, oh, I do I, I a recording. I didn't know we'd actually started the show. <laughs> no, this is what happens now. Yeah, oh, this cool. is our new, yeah. our new opening is like sort of we've bullshit around until one of us decides to mention that it's a podcast, and then Let's, we sort of start yeah. the show. No, um, I, I like that. I think I think it's good for people to know about waveforms. It's and, good. It, it's uh, good to feel included. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, you know, Mark Marin, he's got his cats. We've got our waveforms. Yeah, and, and it's sort of it's a it's a ritual. It's also yeah. good because, you know, we were just talking about layoffs and I think, you know, uh, there's been a lot of talk about job insecurity recently because of AI and talking openly about how difficult uh, it is to get the audio at the right level uh, should make people appreciate uh, the value of a human audio engineer more. It's That's so, something to think about. It's very yeah. true. Yeah. And, I mean, because I, yeah, I, I, the robots can't do shit right here. Yeah. Yeah. You think Zencaster see- would just mix everyone's audio and make it clean by default with AI technology. And yet we had to do it all ourselves. See that list that, um, what's that company? Is it OpenAI? That list they did of jobs they think that they're going to be able to automate and replace. Let's go, let's go through the list. Let's find out who's being replaced. Let's see. I can pull it up real quick. <laughs> let's find out who's the hashtag the leftovers. Yeah. The people I was just still say, ordering you know, who's not on that list. Um, 
audio engineers. Yeah, no way. There's very few lists that I want to be on these days. What's a list you do want to be on? 30 under 30? Um, what's a, what's a g- great list? Men's, men's Health. I'd love to be on the f- cover of Men's Health. Are, on the, the list of men's are you, you want to be do recognized you know nationally is? as a healthy man <laughs> yeah men's health's yearly list of healthy men that they put out yeah, they put out like a list of like over a hundred and it's very political <laughs> donald trump number one obviously <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah they put uh they put john fetterman on that list <laughs> <laughs> it's very political. Uh, wait, what's this tweet? All right, let's let's read the jobs here. Okay, so the year is twenty twenty. The year is twenty twenty five, and your blockchain startup now roams the street as a band of dredge operators and cooks. Short order. Um. Okay, the groups here: human interpreters and translators. That they're gone. Survey researchers. They're gone. Poets, lyricists, and creative writers. That's completely gone. Gone. How do we oh, feel about I just those so far? Don't need well, human poetry. Don't need poetry that expresses uh, abstract human emotions um, in a deeply personal way. Yeah, it's just got to rhyme. That's that's the main part. That's yeah. what people want. AI is out here being like, "My name is Petrarch, and I'm here to say it's time to make a sonic in an AI way." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, they're all beautiful. they all rap like they're in the '80s. But okay, wait, well, what's this percent exposure stat? Is that the likelihood that this gets erased? Oh yes. Okay. I thought it was percentage that they were going to kill just just well, off in some ways. That's the same thing. So, yeah. Like, uh, so with the poets one, I, I feel like we kind of like we kind of hit our peak with poetry as an art form and like there's enough poetry. So, yeah, who cares? What's a poet? Who's a modern poet that you're using in your day to day? I think about just cringe spoken word people. I, you know the modern poets. That's us on Twitter, <laughs> gents. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's so oh, true. No. That's so true. The comedians are the new poet in a lot of could, ways. Could you imagine going to a Twitter feed that you knew was like AI, and you're like, time to check the feed, and then you're just like seeing what the robots are talking about? Is that is that here? It's out. I mean, I don't know if it's there to the degree that you're characterizing <laughs> it's it. It's out there. Like, it's out, like, there are definitely Twitters that are AI. I don't know if there's like AI Twitter the same way that there's like basketball Twitter yet. Uh, Rory, I see graphic designers on this list. Yeah. And that's, 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 you know, I, and I'm glad you're on this episode about this list because I, I did want to ask you about a certain vi- like video g- game anime AI conflict controversy that happened a couple of weeks ago but on this list right now what is uh what is the most striking occupation that they think you think they're going to be deleted because I, I am seeing uh, mathematicians a hundred percent not a single one is coming out of that <laughs> there's a variable with mathematicians which is that, like i genuinely don't know what mathematicians do i reposted right. this list and someone said someone replied to me to say like <laughs> Oh, this they, they clearly don't know what mathematicians do, and I realized <laughs> I don't know what mathematicians do because I mean I genuinely thought if you're like a high up uh, math academic, you just spend all day coming up with new problems to do and then doing them on your calculator. Uh, if it's not that, then I have no fucking clue. It's like I have one friend who's a mathematician, and my understanding of it is like he spends all day trying to figure out how to think about math in the most abstract way possible. And then spends the next day trying to think of if there's any reason anyone would ever do that and then decides that the answer is no and then tries again. 
Cool. That sounds like the best job. Because um, I can think of all kinds of ways to not do math. Yeah. It, it is, honestly, it, it really does feel like Solomon's job is to think of ways in which not to do math. Yeah. Um, and he got a PhD so, for that. So that's good. Good for him. So maybe I think we all agree, you know, maybe we we don't, the mathematicians, maybe whatever, you know, like, and I think a lot about like how many, how many just like junk video game articles exist online that might as well already be written by AI, but are oh, written it, by like adults for like two cents. An infinite amount. Uh, like more than I am genuinely worried about like my job being automated because, and for one, I don't consider myself a graphic designer. I um, hate doing commissions generally. I only do commissions for shit that I, I like doing. And those are, you know, usually people that I like, and that I'm excited to work for, like, uh, you know, Block Party or uh, Brian Quinby's new show, uh, Guys, which is great. I'm just pl- plugging other people's podcasts Please. now that I'm not involved with. But I did the both of those because, you know, I, I liked what they were doing. Uh, I don't really seek out commission work or graphic design work because generally it makes me miserable and makes it difficult for me to focus on the stuff that I actually want to be doing namely drawing comics. Yeah. And do you think someone could derive love for graphic design though? Do you think that's a a human passion worth protecting? Yes. I mean, I'm also not really that. um, I guess the way to think about it is like, so I've seen a lot of AI generated graphic design and it's very mediocre. Everything that AI makes at this point is very mediocre and, like, at best, stuff that somebody else has already done. It's not ever reinventing the wheel, and a lot of it is, like, very much template-based stuff. So, ultimately, like, the the conclusion of all of this is just you're going to get, like, an infinite amount of interchangeable nothing that all looks the same. (laughs) Made by people who just, like, just want something cheap, cheap, fast and without having to like actually this is one deal of the things so, uh, I, have, I have access to a, an ai art generator called mid journey um and one thing mm. about it that vexes me to no end is how many people are asking it to do things like generate an image of a watercolor painting of a leaf uh is one i saw earlier or like a nice pond and it's like these are images of which there are photographs of which there are a number of the exact like type of art you're asking for like it's like you're saying it's it's taking art that already exists as kind of like the most generic sort of just around art that you could get at like a gift shop at the beach or whatever and like hyper genericizing it on yeah. their computer. Well, I think that's part of it also something that I think is more interesting about AI, AI art. Such a fucking hard thing to say back to back that mm-hmm. series of souls. Yes. I'm just yeah. going to say AI mm-hmm. or AI images. That's easier. Um, but yeah, a, a thing that it has stuck out to me for a while now about it is that it kind of feels like a backdoor to arguments about the fundamental nature of art and like what art should be. Those, Which is the, like the worst arguments. Yeah. 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 The things were like, I don't know, uh, Paul Joseph Watson makes a video about how art is debased now because cultural Marxists put a toilet in a museum. So... Uh, what what you end up with is back ending into the only good art is photorealistic art that is purely representational and has no 
deeper meaning or personal expression to it. You just want like a portrait of a guy or a pond or a tree shit that is there is an infinite amount of to the point that it's unnecessary to make any more of it other than maybe just like the counterpoint is it, it's very pleasant to just draw a tree like if you've ever just sat down with a, with a pencil and just like thought about drawing a tree it's a very pleasurable experience to do it nobody needs to yeah, see it even i That's just a drawing, enjoy drawing a tree um yeah it's yeah it's a weird thing although i will say count to, to sort of speak against myself one thing I've enjoyed about being in the mid journey discord is that one day, a couple of weeks ago, I saw a guy spend a solid eight hours trying to get the perfect AI art version of bell from beauty and the beast. Um, which was like, kind of like <laughs> one of the more insane things I've ever witnessed was like checking back on that chat room and seeing the exact same guy putting in slightly modified versions of the same prompt over and over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm watching uh, a few different uh, live streams of st- it's just like I that we leave on in the background when we're cleaning and stuff. There's mm-hmm. like one that just recreates like the the steamed ham Simpsons thing over and over again in like different variations, and then there's like one that's recreating Seinfeld. And um, they're not good, and they're hard to kind of like look at and watch. But I don't know. It's like I just leave them on in the background yeah. just to kind of see like it's kind of it's i'm look. it's i'm kind of i guess morbidly curious about them well, there is like a certain surreality to a lot of ai art especially like if you fuck with it or if it's given time to like fuck with itself that is interesting yeah i mean i think there's a good case for uh i i, I find um nothing forever the the ai seinfeld uh kind of compelling because it's this goofy piece of procedurally generated artwork that like you can, there's a good art. There is a good argument to be made for that as like conceptual art, the same way that again, the toilet, right. In, I feel the, like the, I would see Duchamp's that like mountain, on a, so like, I would see that like on a projector in Brooklyn or something at yeah, like an art or, show. Like, yeah. I, it, it immediately made me think of, yeah, shit like that, that I've seen at like lo-fi uh, backyard art shows that I've been to where it's just like some computer nerd, thought it would be really funny to make computers do a shitty puppet show about Seinfeld forever. That's really funny. What becomes troubling is our ad. Why I, I, I made that point on Twitter and then eventually deleted my posts supporting it because I saw <laughs> the people who Brave. made it say that they um, think that this is the future of entertainment. And it's, that is just way punching above your weight class right i think that's one of the big things to me is is that thing you just said is that like there's this assumption that this is going to unlock or like replace forms of art or create new forms of art as opposed to just being a thing in the realm of art that can exist yeah Uh, it's not good enough to just be a shitty funny little puppet show it has to be conceptualized as this is the future and i don't think that it meaningfully can be other than the possibility that it just chokes out everything else and makes it impossible for you to find anything else. What I'm concerned about ultimately is less like um, my, my job being replaced because a computer can do it better. It's essentially the, the gray goo hypothesis, you know, the, the thing where, you know, a computer or like a computer, a rogue AI just starts replacing everything with gray goo until all that's left is gray goo and you know, there's no more people left, but with, with pictures that eventually like the computers are just, as you find already, like you were saying about like video game articles being like 
or on, on shitty websites being bad and obviously like low rent. Once you have a computer that can do that, the, the sky is the limit. You can just flood every single market with meaningless shit until there's nothing else. Yeah, like, I mean, and I was specifically referring to, like, not, like, necessarily video game opinion pieces, but, like, oh, the yeah. ones that are, like, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Here's where to get all three gold chests in Dirkshire. It's yeah. like, no one needs to be writing that. I mean, just, that, that stuff is honestly probably already automated in the same way that, like, sure. a lot of um, yeah. basic sports reporting has been automated to some capacity for, like, a decade or more. Because, you know, like, yeah, there's there's a lot of beautiful stuff to write about sports. But if you're just like reporting yeah. on the outcome of a game it's, for like a decade, basically, there's no need to write that article. Aside from like the really, really good beat reporters, game reports are basically a computer collates all the stats and puts them in a document. And then some guy takes all those stats and turns it into 500 words. Um, And like, yeah, and that's fine. I mean, you also have people who are out there writing really good gamers because there's some really good beat reporter guys. But like, but like, that's the thing is like. Oh yeah, a lot. Of, you're you're people, totally right though. That a lot of exists. those like lower level functions are going to get AIified, and there's a certain degree to which maybe that's not the worst thing in the world, except that the way that our economy is organized makes it like extremely bad. Yeah, like if if we had a social safety net, it probably wouldn't matter that a lot of people might not have jobs for a little while because they could just like live normal. But we don't because we're not Finland. We don't get to be Finland. Yeah, and I, I'm more frightened about that particular um, and the, the again gray goo thing because I have no confidence whatsoever and don't see any reason why anyone should have confidence that this is not going to be immediately abused by people who like want to try to profit off of making gray goo content mm-hmm. because that's yeah. literally already happening. There was that that uh, case a few weeks ago where that one like sci-fi anthology publication closed their submission process because they were getting flooded with shit that was just written by chat gpt and and they could tell because it looked like shit yeah well yeah. it was just impo- <laughs> it was impossible like, to sort that, through that's, real that's and fake submissions that's an ai Interesting, interesting. And then this one I'm linking in the chat right here, which was all the talk a few weeks ago as well, um, was of now this one I I had a lot of kind of confused feelings about Mm. because people were upset about this one because these guys like made an anime with like AI tools or something like that. And people got really upset about this one. Uh, What what what's your initial takes? And then I, I have a few questions. You can go for it. Uh, me first or Lux first? All right, well, Lux, I don't want to hear anything he has to say. Okay. Well, uh, so first, first and foremost, I don't think it meaningfully looks like anime. Yeah, that's my biggest thing. Yeah, thank you, for, thank you for getting to the core of what my big thing um, was about all this. Was It doesn't look like anime, and even if a computer didn't make it, I don't like this style of art. Yeah, it just it, looks like I don't like that weird fleshy whatever the fuck that is. I don't like it. I, I it makes it worse knowing that like it's supposed to look like Vampire Hunter D because mm. I have a reference point for sure. what Vampire Hunter D looks like, and, and I'm, this I, I don't is know not I'm, that. Okay. Um, and on top of that, like it was just the for, fact that like for the audience, how would you describe it to, to for our audience? Is is it, it, it's is it um, like scanner darkly? Like it's like what is what so is the it's like rotoscope? Yeah, it's halfway like rot- between scanner darkly and the take on me video made by people with a patronizing idea of what Japanese art is. Uh, yes, 
Uh, and so like it didn't look good, but then people were really upset, mainly not about that, but about people were mainly upset that it, it was made with AI. Yeah. And, and, and for me, this one, it looks like a lot more work than the traditional, like I typed, like make me a cute dog into the Google search or whatever. Like, cause they actually like shot footage of themselves and like they did like a lot of like production work and it's like, yeah, it, it's like they spent this, a lot of time making something that looks like shit, but that, it, it didn't seem to me I like this highlights AI of, like, crime. One of the more nefarious things of the AI thing, sort of we've been talking around, right, is that like it probably isn't going to replace everything with everything all at once. Um, it'll replace small slices of things over yeah. eight Oscars. Let's get a TV show going. Let's go. Let's see all <laughs> the like, dildo replace small things, these things at a time. So what made me mad about this thing is a it doesn't look like anime. B it looks bad. C the biggest reason it looks bad is because of the stuff that they outsource to AI rather than having a person do it. Um, and it's like, hmm. this is the okay. problem, right? Is that the things that can be outsourced are what they're looking to outsource and it creates worse stuff. Um, and that's, that's the problem with this yeah, particular thing. Yeah. I, I don't have a problem with it being rotoscoped. I kind of like rotoscoping itself. I, they're, I'm not going to say what it is. This is going to be an extremely vague statement, but somebody I know working on something told me they're doing a lot of it with rotoscoping. Mouth, mouth the name. No. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, I remembered i was like completely sworn to secrecy so i'm not gonna <laughs> but i saw i saw something really cool that's being done in rotoscope i'll pretend like you just they, told me the name oh wow you, you will find that's out about at some good point for them good for um, them yeah um so there's like the obvious I, I i think the thing that people are most mad about is like it be or the fact that it's being trained on work that somebody else did that they were not compensated for because that's like the the main thing that people usually get mad about with ai uh but what really bothered me is something that you you already hit on about it which is you know they they were saying like we've just democratized the animation industry now anybody can do mm, this and no a- you fucking can't because right. those people had uh costumes green screens well, lighting, lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, several computer rigs. They they, they had they had a, they had definitely yeah. like some stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So it's gotten rid of like the labor aspect of animation, but it, if that becomes the standard, then there is now a huge monetary investment that is required because you have to have access to all of that stuff. If that's the standard, then very fucking few people can do that. And what bothered me more is like the the underlying thing with that is like, well you. It, it, that is to say, like you couldn't make animation before, and I, the the easy thing to say in response to that is um, Don Hertzfeld's Rejected. That is an Oscar-nominated short film. My Surely you've seen it. You, you know the one with like little stick guys. And, My spoon is oh bleeding. yeah, yeah. I'm My a, I'm a, I'm a banana. That was drawn with a sharpie. That was nominated for an Oscar, and one guy drew that with a sharpie. Mm-hmm. But that was back when weed was cool. I mean, it yeah, was a whole movement. The cultural context was different, <laughs> but I do think the response still makes sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I probably. Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm busy with my joke I was working on. With like half, uh, like okay, not even half. Like for two thousand dollars, you could make something 
or no, not even $2,000 for $8,000. If you just give like a computer and a microphone, you could make something visually on par with Aqua Teen Hunger Force, uh, 12 ounce mouse, South Park. One person could make something that looks as sophisticated as South Park with minimal knowledge about how computers work or technical ability to draw. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like then it's like it, only the ones that are funny will succeed still. So I, I don't know. Yeah, well, it, they haven't they haven't automated being funny yet, so Right. And that that, that seems like a really elusive one. It's like immortality. Yeah, you don't or, think that the AI uh, chat GPT4 will ever discover the philosopher's stone? Mm. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't know. It, 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 I don't know. It's like, what what can you do? It's like, if you're going to, if you spend the next 50 years of your life, like worrying about it, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a huge bummer. So you kind of have to like learn to learn to live and, and, and love. Yeah, you got to learn to live, laugh, love. Laugh. <laughs> I want to go back to the list for one second because I was just looking at it. But, it's very funny to me that the hundred percent replacement ones include First of all, that blockchain engineers are at 95%. So they're like legislating themselves out of existence, which is very funny to me. Um, uh, but also, the yeah. one I really think is funny is uh, climate change policy analysts being 100% replaced by computers seems insanely bad. <laughs> like, that seems like one where you kind of want the personal touch of a human being. Yeah. Uh... See also the fact that finance people seem safe is very funny. Also, uh, well, I, 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 yeah, finance people because like their jobs are already like pretty made up. So it's they're like their jobs are the most abstract. Like it goes like artists, and then above that, it's it's financial you, people. You need a genius level intellect to figure out how to uh, profit from zero interest rates and. Uh, <laughs> See, it's not about intellect. In fact, it's almost it's almost intellectual, non-intellectual, because you know you have to you have to separate yourself from your, your humanity, and you just have to become sort of a you know uh, a raging red spark of energy. I think I think they're chaos agents, and I'm and we're keeping them. So thank yeah. you, AI. Uh, uh, it would be funny if like a, a finance guy like was like come up with a list of who's getting fired and make sure it's not me. <laughs> oh boy. I mean, uh, some degree of firing is already being handled by the computers. I don't right. know if you heard yeah. about that big round of layoffs at Facebook. Yeah. It's funny that we're complaining about like if the anime art looks good enough because there's way bigger scale issues with this that I think should probably make it illegal. Uh, I mean, the, the, the big one like yesterday morning that was hilarious was for like two hours, a shit ton of boomers online saw fake AI pictures of Trump being arrested and like manhandled by like 10 police. And a lot of people fell for it. Is that what that was? I thought that was Photoshop. That was shit. Maybe that maybe maybe the computers really are getting there. Listen, they're getting that was there. Mid Journey V5. That was really good. Legit, I, I, picked, I thought good. that was. <laughs> I thought that was either Photoshop or like yeah. a picture of him from a completely different context that I think all three of those things were out there. 
Yes. And you know, if, if I'm wrong, do not correct me, but I'm 90% sure that's AI. And, uh, yeah, it just was, it started to dawn on me. That it's like, there's going to be a lot of like society issues with just like the very fabric of reality. Yeah. Um, so I think it's like, I don't know. I feel like there can be like certain tools like released to the public, but I almost feel like it's like, it's kind of like giving everyone like a bazooka at a certain point once this stuff mm. gets powerful enough yeah and- i mean i i i understand the like crisis or the epistemological crisis issue that people point to a lot but i'm less worried about that than i think a lot of other people because um you remember the, do, do you remember the the horrible shooting that happened was it last summer on the fourth of july uh, there was one then yeah and in the, the suburbs of Chicago. Of, uh, Chicago. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember Marjorie Taylor Greene sharing a picture of the shooter that was like him reading like the Communist Manifesto or I something? Like a vague memory was, of like, this. It looked like it was made in MS Paint. <laughs> and she completely incredulously believed it. Or, or completely credulously believed it. She like totally fell for this image. And it was not like a sophisticated Photoshop job. It was something where like you could see pixels on the edge of uh, the, the guy. And she looked at that and thought, this is real. This is proof that th- this guy is like a, a godless Marxist or whatever. So I think you don't need sophisticated AI to trick people because people pretty much already just yeah, want an People love to be tricked. Yeah. You're right. They love to love. People always find a way to be tricked. They will. Yeah, they will immediately attached to anything that that verifies what they want to believe already that's right so instead of instead of d instead of de-trickifying everyone we need to come up with the greatest trick of all a better a better trick you know sort of a joker's trick yeah a new <laughs> where joker's the hero yeah like in the in this in the 70s version and then soon to be the musical 80s version <laughs> can't i'm so excited for that are we excited for that? Are you excited for a musical Joker? That's now talk about something. Talk about something yeah. the AI could never yes. write. I'm excited for musical Joker because I think every time these like giant like IPs do something that seems intuitively wildly dumb or weird, that's like way more interesting than them just like sticking to like the plug in form, like plug and play shit. Like I'm way yeah. more interested in the Joker as a musical than I am in like Black Adam Four or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I am very interested in in. Uh, musical joker because that is by far the most interesting decision that i've heard about any, <laughs> any um comic book movie making yeah well that's um, that's our take on musical joker and uh, oh, we, we wish you the best i mean I, I, on that note also actually uh you know i i remember did you go did did you go see the joker in theater griffin uh no, I was too scared of all yeah, of the yeah, violence. Yeah. I, I went. I went with Lux. I, I went. I, I went. Uh, did you get? Did you get security checked? I got uh, security checked. <laughs> there, there was security, but it, it wasn't like there wasn't like yeah, there wasn't anything super gnarly. I like. I had just gotten out of work, and the theater that we went to was like <laughs> a block down the street. So I had my backpack on me, and there was a cop inside the Ritz now joe rogan's comedy mothership formerly the rich yes. and um a cop the home of this the home of the twin stages that man and little boy. A, a cop demanded to like look through my bag before i was allowed to go see joker movie 
Damn. So yeah, I, I think. <laughs> and now, folks, all they got in that theater is Joker's now. <laughs> you know, um, there was a lot of concern that 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 first Joker movie was going to inspire incel shootings, and I think we need yeah. to reckon with the risk that Joker Two, Folly Edu, or however you say it, is uh, going to risk exposing incels to the world of Rodgers and Hammerstein. You're going to end yeah. up with a lot of these guys getting really into musicals. Right. The, the, the real cure. Yeah. Incels are going to start having razzle dazzle. The modern major general song from Pirates of Penzance is going to become the incel kid anthem. Like that kicks ass. That, yeah, I feel so like the like stem logic, uh, sexual economy guys seem like they would absolutely be taken in by like, I know very many facts about the square of a hypotenuse and whatnot. <laughs> Um, that feels that feels very true to me. Um, should we? We should do an ad. Should we do our new ad and then we should do our new ad? We do our new for, ad and then um and then get to the game. Yes. Yeah. Um, we're we're advertising the come on down to Austin, Texas for some comedy at the what is it the UFO Spaceship Arena? The Joe the Rogan uh, Mothership. The, crypt, the, the Crypto Joe Mothership. Comedy mothership. Joe comedy mothership joe, joe rogan's comedy mothership joker incels do not shoot this one up a Stay destination away. for uh nationally known stand-up comedians who are definitely going to go there and not to the paramount theater which can hold about 10 times as many people or the moody theater which can hold I, about 10 times as many people that's not what you want to do as a comedian though for, and i mean first of all it's hard to be a comedian to sell that many seats like a touring uh and also comedy sucks when there's high ceilings i i, I, I like a rat's nest i like to be the right says high ceilings though if they convert to the two theaters it's not you're not going to get that you're not going to oh, get that no there's two stages i heard yeah but there's two yeah, so they convert to the two the theater auditoriums unless they like added a much lower ceiling to it yeah i, I saw the hateful eight in 70 millimeter there me too nice and, and uh, I just forgot the name of the Thomas Pynchon movie. Oh, uh, Inherent Vice. Oh, Pynchon with Vice. Tom. I, I went to see Inherent Vice with a guy <laughs> that used to be in PWR who told me on the drive there that he hated um, Magnolia. He hated that that director. It just spit Paul like, Thomas Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. yeah. On the because way he's there, a, because he's a misogynist or what was it? He's a pedophile. What was? I, it? I don't remember. <laughs> okay. so I'm not going to say anything. Groomer. Uh, yeah, he didn't even like say why. Just like he asked me if I wanted to go see Inherent Vice, and then on the way there, told me by I that he hates Paul Thomas Anderson, and then the second he left or we left, started talking about how much he hated Inherent Vice, and I just couldn't stop thinking like. Why the fuck did you ask me to go with you to this? Yeah, yeah. That's sounds like he had an inherent vice of sorts. <laughs> he also, yeah. uh, this was right after the Charlie Hebdo shooting, and he kept telling me that they deserved it. Wow. Oh, wow. Cool. <laughs> when, so this guy is what I would like to. He was, he was a little ahead of his time, but he, but oh, what yeah. in, what incels are doing now is they're they're converting to Islam. <laughs> <laughs> it's some. Um, this is real. Oh, this yeah. is re- 
This is really um, what they're they're into traditional values, which they're now finding a common parlance in in Islam, which is a religion they don't actually know anything about and haven't really read. But they're into what? it's they're into its vibes, and they're into the <laughs> fact that like women can't drive there. Well, yeah, they're into, um, like the most uh, uh, offensive and reductive stereotypes about Islam. They say this is actually good. So like this, yeah, like Andrew Tate. They're doing a they're made it, it's a mecca. The incels will will be flocking to uh, Neom. Before uh, one last thing before we start the ad, um, do you know the rules about Joe Rogan's comedy mothership, Griffin? Have you heard the rules? Um, n- no freaking wokesters. When you go in, they take your phone and put it in a box. Oh, well, that's um, normal. That's normal they, because a few they, of them are doing uh I, a few, a few of them are doing specials soon, yeah, or have, or have taped specials recently. So that's actually kind of common. That's like the standard for all shows there, not just special stuff. Um, they scan the, your face, the, y- to the add, yonder bags. They scan yeah. your face to make sure that they can put you in like a little database. This the face scan. Wow. They, uh, you're banned for life if you heckle. All heckling is banned for life. I got to change that. Um, how are you going to do any of your amazing Instagram real crowd work locks? And the, the two, I mean, I, I'm, that's why I, that's why I'm not going to go there. Um, yeah. The two stages are named fat man and little boy after the bombs that hit Japan. You know, after the war crime. Yeah. After they the should, big they, number they, one war crime of all time. Yeah. They should have, uh, they should have called it like uh, the rape of Nanking. Or something yeah, they, like that. They should have named them the rape. Of, <laughs> they should have named them the rape of Nanking, um, and, and the the about the one and two. The Tuskegee Airmen experiments. Yeah, are, bring it back home. The Tuskegee, uh, yeah, yeah, America first. Rory's right. Um, was it Tuskegee? Was it that like a name of a person? No, it was, was a place. Now yeah, it was a place. We gave a bunch of people. No, I know. Yeah, I, I know what happened. Yeah. It, the, the no cell phones policy is probably because of the fact that the only books talent there right now is that that comedian who people got mad at like a year ago because he called an Asian comedian a bunch of slurs and then called, told everyone in the audience they were race traitors for laughing at him. And then that got posted on the Internet and they started making shirts that say anti-cancel culture club. Like, <laughs> it, yeah, probably so, for his benefit. That's a they, fun new helps. place in Austin. But now let's actually do the ad really quick. Rory, that was a great laugh. Maybe Joker three, <laughs> starring Rory. Well, well, this one, of course, when they when they're out of ideas, they go multiverse, and Rory is like art art Joker. Oh, into like, the Joker verse! Damn. Oh man, that's a powerful idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That now that's when we get the incels. No more multiverse ever again. Look, I like it here on planet Earth, folks. I'm a yeah. nationalist when it comes to the Whoa. nation of Earth. Okay. Whoa. The nation of this timeline's <laughs> Earth, too. Griffin just invented the idea of global nationalism. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the, the, full, the full globe of it is what I'm talking about, and I, and I like it all, and I want it to stay in the, in the time we're in. Maybe you can, go, you can go in the past, or you can go in the future, but it's got to stay there. Griffin says Earth 616 only. Yeah. Um, that's okay. what that's what Drake was saying too from the six. Yeah, he was when making Drake a talks strong six, stance. He's the planet of Earth. Yeah, and then when, when Pusha T said, "Who the fuck was you running through the six with?" He also is talking about Earth. Yeah, Where, whereas in reality, the six is probably like the neighborhood in Canada with the most preschools. It's Toronto. It's the city of Toronto. Oh, okay. 
um which is, he was which, doing is the, a, which does have the most preschools yeah that's it's right full he, of woke liberal babies wow hey i'll, I'll see you at the at the ufo station <laughs> yeah, i, I don't remember the, the fucking Rogan's official ufo station baby all, all you need to know is the logo is a what if an alien had devil horns Whoa, um, that's transgressive. Yeah, think about it. It was what, what if? I will tell you what if. Every every dad in the country is supercharged. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah, that's pure dad bait for sure. Yeah, yeah it's glad that the dads have something to do, so they also don't become very confused Muslim converts. That's the thing. You can they, listen. You can either have them at the UFO station, or you can have them at the desert. Uh, you know, slave ships on on the dunes of Neom. You can have them turn into my old co-worker uh, when I was a dishwasher who uh, was converted to what he believed to be Islam by someone from jail who... Uh, I just wish told- that I'd had that experience at least just once. Oh, I, I won't tell the, the full story because I don't want to like... Give away too much of this guy's shit, but the, the most important takeaway is he kept citing passages from the Quran to me that were lines from movies. Most notably, the greatest lie the devil ever told was convincing the world he didn't exist. <laughs> the famous, I forget, I always read the movie it's from, but it's so funny. The Usual Suspects. Yeah, and I told that's him the one. that's a line from The Usual Suspects. And he went home and watched it and came back to work the next day and said to me, Man, I watched that movie. It was pretty cool how they integrated the Prophet Muhammad's teaching into that film. Yeah, this is yeah. I, and and he and show me the lie. The integration, <laughs> the integration was phenomenal. It was seamless. Uh, so those are, those are yeah. options. You can be that guy, or you can go. I'm to Howard Hughes. Rogan. I'm rubbing my hands on the on the outer rim of the of the airplane. It's that seamless. <laughs> that guy, you can go to Joe Rogan's comedy anal probe. Um, yeah. I, I, I so many great plugs from Rory uh, on this episode. Uh, so yeah, you were going to do a great transition, Lux. I was. Um, but I'm, now I forget what. It was. Oh, right. Speaking of Rory giving things the wrong names, let's talk about Dongon Rampa, aka Dang Old Ryan Paul, aka Gangbang Grandpa. Gangbang that's the Grandpa, game we're here to pl- talk Dang about. Ron Paul, uh, For context, when Rory started playing the game, he would send me a version of the title of the game as sort of a preface that now we were going to be talking about the game as opposed to whatever we had just been talking about. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, I was able to follow this until one day I woke up with a message from Rory that just said gangbang grandpa. And I was like, Rory, what are we doing here? What are you talking about? And then he went dang old Ron Paul. And I was like, Oh, okay. And then we guys are talking about the death of Junko or whatever. Um. Well, the death of Junko. That should have been the second stage name at the Joe Rogan. Uh, <laughs> naming in the death of Junko. Yeah, death brought to you by Junko. Joe Rogan. Yeah. A, dude, I dude, I'm playing main stage. Death is Junko. No way. Uh, yeah. Wow. So what a what a phenomenal game. I just beat it. 
Yeah, you guys uh, have both just got into it fairly recently. I just beat it like an hour ago. And, and, you know, Lux had mentioned it before, and it kind of been always in the back of my mind, but it's a game that takes a lot of time to sort of explain. In some ways, it's better left unexplained. But because of that, I didn't really have a full picture of what this game was even going to be when I started. And uh, I'm pretty fucking stoked on it. Yeah. Yeah. God, just Death of Junko, I, I have to say this, makes me think of a weeb neo-Nazi folk band. True. Say it. <laughs> say oh. that. No, that was the joke. Speak on it. a neo-folk band called yeah. Death and June that yeah. may or may not be Nazis. That was the whole thing. Yeah. Yep. And the Death of Junko is the anime adaptation. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... So because this game is like hard to describe and explain in a way that's compelling, we're going to do a podcast about it. Oh, I can describe um, it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Big boy. Yeah, I can. You think you're uh, so fucking tough? Yeah, because I think that I want to recommend this game to people. And I think talking big spoilers isn't going to like sell them on it and kind of ruins a little bit of the experience. Um, but essentially, it is a visual novel slash detective courtroom game. Um, it's basically like a lot like Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. Phoenix Wright. If you've ever like seen that. Um, but it has more of a sort of horror macabre sense of uh, to it. And there's a much longer and more like world building mystery to the game as well. How do you, how do I do? That's not bad. Uh, there's a couple things that are really great about it that I don't think we touched on, but we'll get to uh, one thing is that the, the thing that makes it most distinct from Phoenix, Wright, In my opinion, aside from just like the tone and the characters is how much more interactive the trials are. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of weird tr- mini games in the trials. So the Rory, do you want to explain uh, about this game? Or do you want me to explain the basic gameplay loop? Um, it, I think you could probably do it, but uh, yeah, no. I, I think the thing that I ended up appreciating most about it was the fact that like the where Phoenix Wright, the trial is a pop quiz on what you've been doing. Uh, Danganronpa is that, but also you have to do a bunch of increasingly frustrating mini games at the same time. The some, truth bullets, baby. Some, some of which I had to hand the controller over to my girlfriend for because I'm not going to. Yeah, there, there, there's one mini game that I did not know what the mechanics of it were until the very last one, like the shooty one, like yeah. uh, not, not the shooty one, the one where you have to like do things in rhythm. Yeah. I was like, I don't it, understand what that one is. It, it's in all three of them, and it gets harder in every single one of them. Perfect to the point that in the final trial and the final in the final game. I had to give the controller to my girlfriend Natalie because I could not fucking do it, and she's good at rhythm games. Yeah, it's a good thing Nat is like a mini game connoisseur um, historically. But okay, so the basic gameplay of this game. So this, like, just to give it a real top level overview of the game fiction, you've been accepted to this high school that is the high school for students in Japan who are all the best at the thing they do, the best gambler, the best baseball player, the best gang leader, etc. Um, it turns out that it's a big trap, actually. And you and the other students are forced to participate in the killing game, uh, which is that you have to kill one of your fellow students and not get discovered for it. And then you can escape and everyone else dies um, or uh, everyone just dies. Um, So throughout the game, people get murdered and you have to solve the mystery of who did it so that all of you, your friends don't get killed. Um, And that's basically it. So the arc is like someone will die. You'll get to hang out for a little while, talk to people. Someone dies, you investigate for a while, 
you go to a trial there's more talking there's mini games you figure out who did it and the loop is and the loop starts over and like you learn some lore about the situation that you're in and then you um, go on friend dates yeah and, and you go on friend and, dates and yeah give people gifts which yeah they're fine in this one but uh yeah i i, I mean you missed the bear the most well, important was, part. Let's, hey, let's get to the nitty gritty. Let's get let's get to the gristle. Talk to me about it's Monokuma. A, the Monokuma is this bear uh, who, when I first saw him, I was like, I, I need to learn everything about him. He's equal parts adorable and unsettling, very creepy looking, uh, and I love him a lot. And he is a very strange and sort of aloof and mysterious, weird guy. Yeah, and. It's great merch. I need to buy. That's a good point. I need a backpack. You're gonna do it. You're gonna. Yeah. You're gonna start collecting anime merch for Danganronpa. You're gonna get a big old, big old Monokuma plushie, and you're gonna sleep next to it every night. And it's gonna, it's gonna make it a lot easier to go to sleep. You're gonna be very comforted by. Sounds that like whole. my life's gonna improve a lot. Yeah, yeah even though um, he's, you know, he's, he's a scamp, and you know that he could turn on you at any second. But yeah, this killing game is run by an evil mastermind that is a tiny little bear named Monokuma, who is sort of the jigsaw, uh, if you will, like of the Saw series, um, and. I think what the game does so well is not only does it make each individual murder and detective mystery have like a decent amount of like twists and, and, and unexpected things from case to case. It's only a few times does it get a little too convoluted. That's just going to happen in this type of game sometimes. Um, but the, the larger narrative it strings along between the cases keeps like the tension so palpable because you're trying to uncover the mystery of this killer school that you're inside of the mystery of the bear and sort of the mystery of a lot of the other students in the room uh and so yeah it's just really tightly written and and by the end of it i was i was like i was, I was I'm, I'm all in now i and i'm pissed at how they ended this first game because i'm like there's some big questions i still have it but they're not annoying in the sense that they answer most of the questions of the mysteries which is also really refreshing yeah i mean it it there are two things about this game that i think make it work really well and, and makes it sort of like i mean transcendence like a big time word but like makes it like sort of one of my favorites of the genre is that a even though the stories can't get, like the the cases get convoluted you care enough about the characters because the characters are really detailed and and specific that you get invested in the case instead of just annoyed with like the the convoluted twists and turns and that it does give you a satisfying ending while also laying out a whole bunch of other questions. Like the questions that you're left with at the end of the game aren't ones that necessarily implicate the experience you had playing the game, which is nice because you can say, oh, I was satisfied with the story and also excited for the next one. Right. As opposed I, that's to how, like, that is how I feel. Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel. As opposed to a lot of things where it'll be like the cliffhanger is that you don't know what's happening. Bye. Bye. The next game. Idiot. Right. Yeah. And I agree. They 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 did answer quite a, a lot. And then, yeah. It's great. Uh, so yeah, like uh, R- Rory, what's your favorite part of the game? What do you love about Dongan Rampa? I'm going. Th- I just played all three of them, so I'm trying to go through. Oh my wow! Head okay. And can, now cut can, it down to the first one. Uh, are the games radically different from game to game? Uh, well, without yeah. spoiling anything for me, because I'm I'm probably gonna play the second one soon. I just I just need to take a little break. I can't they're, play them back to back. They're all different, which I think in like notable ways, especially like uh, the characters are different from game to game. Obviously, because like more than half of them die, but like there are, are different 
themes with the characters and like different tones. There's something I could say or that I'm not going to say to you that's sort of interesting where you start to pick up different nuances of people that inform larger thematic points of that specific game. Also, the mini games get different. Like in the second one, there's a uh, snowboarding mini game that you do during trials. Amazing. Amazing. Or in the third one, there's a taxi mini game that you do during the trials where you run over words. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. That one's really they, fun. They, they um, come up with increasingly convoluted and elaborate ways to depict the process of thinking about something. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I, I mean, what Lux said earlier that I totally agree with is like, you know, I love the Phoenix Wright games, but it seems like uh, all the interactions with the words are so different in these games because you're watching the words fly across the screen and your job is to shoot. <laughs> the contradictions in the sentences with truth bullets and depending on the detail written on each truth bullet that's going to you know work or not and the third one introduces i think i think the coolest mechanic to the truth bullets which is you can lie in that one lie bullets of course most of the time like it doesn't work so you just really have to think about what's something where I can massage the truth a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's really it fucking never, cool. It never tells you when it's the right time to do that. So, like, you just have to intuit, like, I bet I could get something out of this. And hmm. sometimes it rewards you with, like, alternate uh, alternate paths where, like, you're only supposed to lie in this one spot, but you figured out this other spot that will lead you to a completely different conversation at a different part of the trial. I'm trying to go through what was my favorite thing in the first one, and um, I'm having a hard time thinking about of anything other than just like when my least favorite character died. <laughs> uh, the the I mean the punishments and the sort of the executions are you know they're strikingly brutal and kind of depressing, um, and it, it, the whole thing is like I said earlier is kind of like macabre vibe to it all, where it's like very depressing and, and like very dreary, but then also like goofy and silly with the bear mm-hmm. and, and and it really does match those two tones well. Um, and there's so many uh, characters that are so fun that feel really uh i don't know worthwhile by the end of it one of my favorites is uh the genocide uh jill character um, because they i mean this is um you know this is not really a main spoiler that you learn this pretty early about this character but essentially it's this hilarious joke where one of the students is a serial killer but they're not killing anyone in the school yeah, because I, they don't have they don't they, they kill like older men like in their 30s that are like businessmen or something. It's a split personality that yeah. involves fetish killing right. that is inapp- inapplicable to all of the students in the, in the school. In it's the also school. It's great. It has yes. a, it has a great double joke too because there's also there's a the joke of the serial killer in the murder school can't kill anyone, and then there's the other level of the joke which is that the character is both the the best high school thing that they are normally and also the best high school serial killer. Yes. Um, and they get, they both personalities have the best high school version reward for, yes, for their thing. It's like, and I it's, also like that both personalities have a crush on, uh, Bayaku, uh, 
which is really funny because like the nerdy girl has a crush on the smart nerd, but then the crazy serial killer also has a crush on the smart nerd. So they're both in tandem on that, which is fun. Yeah. It's, and it's, that's the thing. I think one thing that the game does so well with the characters is that saying someone's the best high school anything already paints a really specific character portrait, like just from the jump. And then the ways that they take that and subvert it or turn it inside out or raise questions about how they become that person or like where we go from there are all really clever, but they get such a head start on character building by being like the high, like high school's best bicycle gang leader or whatever, like starts you already with a really detailed idea of who the character is. And they could just yeah. play with that. The biker guy was my favorite. The biker guy fucking rules. No, Shihiro is my favorite character. Biker guy is second. Shihiro is also very good. Uh, my least favorite character would be the anime nerd. Yeah. Absolutely insufferable. Um, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of great characters. And uh, ultimately, like, uh, I like that they built out this, like, uh, like because I think a lesser written story would have, like, had all of the students, like, pick each other off but like the core crew that survives at the end it's like it's it's like nice they've kind of built up this like ensemble uh that you kind of are really into so yeah i'm really excited to see like where the series goes um and yeah i'm just having a blast with it um the music too man oh the music is actually i would say that that's my favorite part if you just wanted me to isolate one thing i just love the the tune that goes yeah, that's yeah, my that's favorite thing rocks. in the entire. Yeah, that's my favorite thing in the entire game. This has nothing like, to do with all the interesting creative decisions with narrative that you were talking about, or anything highbrow about, you know, seeing seeing the humanity in somebody despite them doing something horrible and hypothetically unforgivable because of their situation, or the overcoming, uh, or the human spirit overcoming adversity. It's just that that fucking song. I love that song. Yeah, and I. The, I think the so one thing that I am remarkably susceptible to, um, just in general, and this is sort of why, like for instance, I like really want to see that movie Unicorn Wars, the Spanish animated movie about the war between teddy bears and unicorns. Is if you, if you I've also seen the trailer after this. It's, I think you'd be interested. Um, but I really love things that juxtapose kind of cutesy aesthetics with like extreme, like violence and 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 grimness. Um. And obviously, like that can become really cloying and annoying, but when it's pulled off well, I'm really I I am a sucker for it. And this game does such a good job with that, with Monokuma, with the soundtrack. A lot of the decoration around the school still has the vibes of like, "Welcome to school, we love it at school." Um, but people are getting killed all the time. Mm. Um, and so the the game really plays with that distinction in a really fun way. Uh, and then the ideas that the game is playing with about sort of human judgment and value and like despair and hope and all this stuff i think uh it just all works together so meticulously and effectively i completely agree sorry someone is fucking up majorly at my job and i have to go oh shit oh, shit okay oh, well shit. uh right now i'll wrap this up good luck griffin good luck to uh to griffin's job i i gotta go i gotta once go wanna, once you want to pick this up later uh, we can always, but, I think we just wrap it up. Okay. Uh, Rory, thank you so much for doing the show. We'll talk soon. Hey, okay, bye, Griff. I'll bye. Bye. See, see you. Thank you. Um, all right. Well, you know what? That's as good at any point as we're going to get. 
um naturally rory do you have anything you want to plug really quick before we go uh i'm not selling anything right now or maybe i am i go well no this episode's gonna come out like, this episode will come out like later today but we'll see you guys later goodbye sorry bye everyone bye